You're listening to the Rookie Investor Podcast. This week, we are launching a new series. We are having legends in the spotlight, and we're kicking off with the most cliched legend in investing. We're going to be talking about Warren Buffett or Buffet, if you don't know how to enunciate anything. Warren who? Warren. That's it. Just Warren. Who is he? Like Madonna. No last name needed. Just Warren. (laughs) Why should I know him, Phil? Why, why should I, as a rookie investor, know about this buffet fellow you keep on talking about? You tell me about him all the time, but I don't know who he is. What's he about? <laughs> he's a, it's almost not just pinnacle of, of investing, but the pinnacle of wealth. People know him as a very wealthy man. A good wealth as well. Investing. Yeah, he's mm. not one of these um, sinister millionaires or billionaires, I should correct myself. Jeffrey Epstein. Um, yeah, that's kind of what happened there. <laughs> we won't talk about there, but yeah. If no, Gareth isn't here again next week, um, <laughs> it was the Clintons. It was um, the Clintons <laughs> in the pizza shop in in Washington, D.C. Oh, God. Um, he is. He, he epitomized, you're right, he epitomized almost that sort of genteel money-making. And he's certainly seen by almost anyone on Instagram that has an account related to money as... Every single thing. I mean, God, uh, there's probably nothing he hasn't said that's been put into a quote. Yeah. Warren Buffett, or seemingly, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure he has days where he's like, oh, this is shit. But you never hear those quotes. It's always some very Something um, noble. erudite and correct, <laughs> you know, very sort of, yeah, knowable and knowledgeable. Um, but he is definitely, from our perspective, I think you'd say, Phil, certainly from my perspective, he is a, a great model investor for people that are, looking at investing as a way to generate wealth as opposed to, to, to get rich quick. Well, you know? and, and it's like the conversation we had earlier. He's not about the lifestyle. He's not the no. Lamborghinis. Nope. He's not the FU mansion. Yep. He's, um, and I think that's what people kind of like about him. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not like your he stayed very grounded. type thing. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He stayed grounded. So he's lived that normal life. He has a couple of kids. Um, I think he's still or was still married to the same woman, yeah, I think. But I, yeah, sure. certainly you don't ever hear about any issues with that. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting. It's almost the idea that the richer you get, the less all that bullshit matters. So you get all these Instagram people that you know spread their their life of <laughs> excess and whatever on online. You know, you get Ty Lopez, who I think has an estimated value of about three million dollars. Um, he'll that show all? you. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. He'll show you. You know, um, videos of all these Lamborghinis that he's probably rented. Um, Warren Buffett goes around in Hawaiian shirts and trousers that are too high up his uh, his his waist. Um, you know, lives in a modest home. He still he still owns in Omaha. Um, yeah. Uh, he still lives the the house that he bought back. It was about 40, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and yes, yeah, still sort of has that life, but has just used um a system which we'll sort of chat about. Yep. Um, or a version of a system of investing um, to to generate uh, a vast amount of money, billions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the last valuation is billions. So um, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'll just do a quick little yeah, sort of background. Because, you know, it. what's interesting about these people is it's they're as interesting as as their, their, the money that they make or whatever it may be. Like, I, I just, I've always found, you know, as we go through these Well, it's not a people, normal person that achieves this. No, that's it's, right. It's not. But this is what's the, this is the real um, ticker for me with Warren Buffett is he is a normal person. Yeah. And this is the thing. I, I, in, in the sense that, I mean, as normal as a, as a billionaire like him can be, somebody's fated as, you know, being this incredible uh, sort of human being. 
him and sort of Bill Gates, and it might be a generational thing, but they come across as very normal people. Yeah. They're not, the, as you said, the Jordan Belfords, or even, you know, our, our current favorite, Grant Cardone, um, or even Gary Vee, who's a bit more normal. They're not like, they're not that sort of brashness. They're actually very reserved. And I, it could well be because of the year that they grew up in that they don't feel they have to tell people or, you know, around whatever money they have. And like us millennials. Well, look, us millennials who love to tell everyone how much money we have, even though we've got less money than, you know, most, mm. most of the generation. So the avocado I've purchased, so I've got nothing. <laughs> That's right. Well, you always love please, avocado. You please love, donate you to the Cheeky Investor <laughs> Save Phil Fund. Buy our products because Phil <laughs> needs to eat more avocado. Avocado. <laughs> um, so Mr. Buffet, born in 1930. Um, so he's, yeah, he's ticking on now. Um, graduated from Columbia Business School. Um, and it was during that time that uh, his philosophy of investing was was really molded. It was its value investing is his system, and um, that's what he that's what he's consistently used, uh, or at least he claimed. No, that is consistently what is used to um, grow his wealth. Um, he created uh, the Buffett Partnership in 1956. So he'd actually been working as an investor for four other companies. Okay. Um, yeah, and he built up about a million dollars um, in of his own money and decided to create the Buffett Partnership, which he then actually got people to invest in. He, he was very savvy. He he built up a company that he he asked a, a doctor friend to get ten of his friends to each invest ten thousand dollars in. So they they actually got eleven people to invest in it. Um, he only Warren Buffett only invested a hundred dollars, and he created this company that had quite a bit of money to spend it. He's, I mean, he's very savvy. Um, he after after forming it was sort of a couple of years after forming the Buffett Partnership, he bought a textile company in Omaha uh, called uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, he basically got rid of the CEO, put in his own guy, um, that actually ended up not not sort of succeeding, but he kept the the business. And that then became a holding company for all of his uh, his businesses. Um, some interesting facts. At 11, he bought his first shares. Like, imagine that. 11, 11. years of age. Imagine being 11 and going, Far, yeah. I want to buy shares. At 10, he was in New York and he wanted to visit the New York Stock Exchange. He's always had a really big interest fascination. In, in fascination with money. But actually more so, and this is what's really interesting, and we spoke about it earlier, more so with businesses. So when he, when he was young, he did all the stuff he clean cars, he did He did paper rounds, he had all these little different businesses. Um, when he was in high school, he actually bought a pinball machine um, and put it in a local barbershop, built that up, ended up buying a couple of other pinball machines and sold that business to a, a vet for like $1,600 at the time, which would have been a fair bit of money. Yeah. So he's always had this entrepreneurial bent and actually um, he didn't want to go to study investing. He actually wanted to continue on owning and uh, and buying and owning businesses but his parents his dad was a congressman so he was pretty kind of well to do um, but his parents basically said no no you should go and, and study investing which he did in the end um but he actually um when he when he was in high school he'd earned enough money through um paper rounds and all his other businesses that he was able to invest in one of his dad's side businesses and i don't know what that was but he was also able to buy um a 40 acre farm which is insane. I think it was like $2,600 odd at the, at the <laughs> time. So he'd saved up enough money to go, this is in high school, like this is high school hey. we're talking about, to buy a 40-acre farm. So he's had this history of sort he's of businesses. He's got this knack of He's got this knack business. of business. And he, he, he yeah. did a failures. He did a business that didn't work when he was studying in college. Um, by that stage, he actually had in today's money, I think there was an estimate that I've seen of 
close to a million or a bit over a million dollars. So that's what his personal sort of fortune was. So if you think, I and mean, imagine, you know, a guy in, in, in university who's worked his way up already by that stage. So he always had an ability to make money, but he did, he bought a petrol station. It was a failure. So we did have failures in there, but he's always had, had that interest in, in money. Um, he's also, and this is the other really interesting thing. And I think this is something that I've noticed is a trait amongst the very successful. Um, he's also had an ability to network really well. And yeah. a big part of his business is around networking. Um, and his, his whole investing sort of mindset is around networking and understanding. But also he, he puts people in charge under him that are, that are very good at what they do. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that uh, Branson's a really big believer in. So Branson's, I think he's the, probably the only business guy to create, is it three or $4 billion businesses? Uh, maybe three. Yeah, so one's yeah. the airline, one would be, um, Virgin Media Group, I suspect, and money. one would be maybe Virgin Money. Virgin yeah, money. Virgin Money. Um, but yeah, so he's um, and I know this Branson's massive into this is is picking the best people to you know don't be don't be uh, so protective of yourself that you don't put people that understand more about things than you do under you. you know? Um And it goes off to a slightly off topic yeah. debate that people talk about university or no university. And they say, you know, Richard Branson didn't go to uni and that type of stuff. Their right-hand men did, though. Yes. <laughs> Their whole team yeah, yeah, underneath. No, that's right. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to have the visionary, yep. but to actually implement. And, and those people, they're not poor either. No. The people that Zuckerberg first employed in Facebook, yep. um, you know, the programmers or the coders or yep. whoever, um, they'd be, be quite wealthy. Oh, um, massively. Yeah, yeah, no, no, abs- absolutely. Sort of their side. Yeah, no, 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 but it's 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 a good point. But yeah, so he's he's been able to sort of do do this. He's built companies. He's got a very loyal. Um, is it what's his right hand man? Is it Mungan? Oh, Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger. So um, he's managed to create this incredibly loyal group of people that have stuck with him for for sort of forty odd years while he's built the company. Um, and like I said, his strategy has been value investing. I suppose you know, f- from his perspective in his own words, he saw value investing. Um, as a way to avoid the sort of short-term shocks in a system. So, you know, he, he he's taking, and I'll ask Phil in a second just to give us a review of what value investing is. Uh, but yeah, he's taken companies and he's looked to buy them when they are undervalued, um, install a team of people working there that are going to add value to the business. So increase that that inherent value. Um, and then he, he would reap the rewards of that. So um, an incredibly savvy guy. Um, and also wears like Hawaiian shirts, does all this stuff that's really normal. You know, that's that's the really <laughs> baffling thing. And I, that's what really interests me. How he kept he's, grounded he's that so time. grounded and normal. He's lived in the same house. He's done all of this sort of stuff. Um, and like I said at the very beginning, he was born in 1930. He's been through a world war. I suspect undoubtedly that would have shaped his mindset. And also at the time um, of sparseness, which we live in the opposite now. We're a time of plenty at the minute. So people don't think like that, but I suspect that definitely shaped his view on it. But anyway, um, let's have a chat through. So a couple of things, I think value investing, I think let's, so that's just, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things touching on um, his partner, Charlie, Mm. Charlie Munger, um, he used to have an investment philosophy where he'd buy, um, he'd buy a fair company at a wonderful price. That was his initial approach. Um, you know, an okay company, and he'd look at a really, really good price. Yeah. But what his business partner, Charlie, told him, he said, what if we switch that around and, and, and if we buy a wonderful company at a fair price? And that completely changed the way he approached investing. Yeah. So, you know, a fair company at a wonderful price is your kind of mid-tier 
Yeah. They're kind of okay companies, but you get them at a real bargain. Yeah. Uh, they switched it and, and they were a wonderful company. They had, you know, they had a certain criteria to meet that wonderful company status, yeah. but they got them at a fair price. They got them at that undervalued price. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of his investment philosophy. Like they're looking at wonderful companies. So straight away, yeah. he's not buying an IPO that kind of comes up. Yeah. He's not buying... He's not interested in IPOs. No, no he's not okay. interested in companies that have yeah. been around for... Generally, it's less than 10 years. Um, listed oh, for less okay. than 10 years is his sort of rule. Other weird things like um, doesn't buy airlines, won't buy airline companies. Oh. Up until recently, refused to buy tech companies. Yeah, I've heard he that. He said... Because he generally didn't understand them. Yep. Uh, but he's bought... Um, Apple. Apple, yeah. yeah. And mm. said he should have done a while ago. Um, yeah, so that's kind of his high-level approach. But um, again, value investing, as we say, it's looking at, at buying a company that's, um, you know, or buying a $100 note for yep. 50 bucks yep. and then selling it again for $100. Great analogy. Yep. yep. Again, same with the company, buying a stock um, that's worth $100 per share, buying yep. it for $50 per share, then selling it for 100 later on. Yep. That's kind of the premises of all his, uh, his investing. Yeah, I like that. What he did as well, and this isn't something that any of us have the power to do, but he quite a, quite early on I mean, actually that's unfair to say we don't necessarily have the power to, but quite early on he also um bought enough of companies to get um a position on the board yeah and that helped him significantly and i know he certainly used that um possibly with berkshire hathaway i think he did he did it with coca-cola and with coca-cola famously that's he, right he, he still has a has a yeah but he, he there is a repeat system of him doing that where he he's able to exert control over companies by being on the board um which which, which i like look the reality is yeah not many of us are going to be able to do that in any way but um, i suppose the point is more about um he he sort of has a vision and a direction for how he wants companies to operate yeah um now you you me you know us as investors could could have a system of saying this is how we think a structure should be and only look for companies that have that structure for example that's the way we could adapt that i suppose yeah but, it, it, point to make is he doesn't do it with every company no it's no only, that's true it's only a few it's only a few but, but yeah. certainly his early days it yeah. was very much part of his that's how he managed to grow to yeah that sort of significant significant level um so yeah with value investing um he he's sort of taken a version of that and 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 run with it remind me in his in his books we've spoken about this he talks about something he talks about like investing in in um not not doing value investing is not right like he's it's quite interesting it's a lot of these guys do this where they'll <laughs> sell you a book about you know oh be invest in etf that's it he's he's saying he's, yeah. yeah so yeah he's, he's famous for saying that the average investor should invest in etfs or index funds because yes. you're not going to beat the market that's right he said if he's when he passes away he, he's his fortune his legacy yeah, is left to his wife, wife yeah. and it's to go into an index fund yep um, not for anyone to manage it um, yeah, and, and that's that's kind of how cheeky investors were sort of born. Is you know you've got people saying invest in index funds, invest in ETFs. Meanwhile, their legacy business and fortune is built on picking stocks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just that. want yeah. to raise that a question. I just want yeah. to. Oh yeah. You know, who's the man behind the curtain? What are you actually doing? Teach us that. Don't just feed us the dumb stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we're actually a bit smarter than you, than you give us credit for. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, that's, that's what... Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And, and you see it with all these, these interviews as well. You'll talk about not diversifying and picking stocks, which is a complete opposite yeah. to what the average um, yeah. investment manager or, or financial planner, 
um, or, uh, or tell you to do. And we've done a podcast on that actually, which is yeah. really well worth listening to. Um, it's all about why not to diversify. Yeah, There's lots great. of really good Got reasons. Got some negative feedback on Facebook. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was really good actually. It. Yeah, no, I loved it. No, look, that's what we want. We want discussion. So no, that is absolutely true. So with Buffett, his fortune wasn't built on what he now, um, you know, preaches you know what he now talks about as being um, an investment option and it could well be you know he's at a level where uh etfs are the right way for him because it's cheaper to do and with the amount of money he can invest um he can get a significant return i, I don't know I'm there's one saying this. i read that is i think true for ultra wealthy yep and it said the ultra wealthy um they master one thing yeah. until they're rich and then they diversify to stay rich Okay. So like they might start a business, sell it for a billion dollars, and then they'll put that billion dollars into an index fund and diversify to kind of keep yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Uh, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, no, that uh, is interesting. That's, and and yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of millionaires that have certainly diversified portfolio over 35 years and yeah. have built wealth, but I'm well, talking probably more about speed and significance. Well, no, that's really good. No, that is interesting. But, um, yeah. So Warren Buffett, what can do you take, Phil, um, from Warren Buffett that we can give to rookie investors. To rookie investors. investors. Yeah, you want so, the secret sauce? Yes. Is it secret sauce time? Let's do it. Right. Right after these breaks. Okay. <laughs> right after these headlines. Everyone grab the pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> if you're driving, pull over. Call in sick. <laughs> this will change your life. All right. Warren Buffett. Five things that he looks for just to be called a wonderful company before he applies yeah, cool. okay, any analysis yep. on there or anything. Number one is needs a strong brand. Yeah. A company that can charge a premium price and that has trust. So okay. you look at his portfolio off the top of the head, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, yum. Um, Hershey's, Hershey's chocolate bars. Yep. Um, Heinz, although that's got yep. heavy recently. Uh, he's just loaded up on, uh, what's the bank called? JP Morgan. Yep. That's a big brand in um, the US. And now Apple. So... They're all very strong yep. branded companies and, and, and market leaders. So first thing is he looks at the brand. Yep. Um, second part, he wants to look at paying technology or sort of a trade secret in oh, okay. Coca-Cola. Yep. Um, great example. Yep. Um, Apple with, with all their Apple devices. with all their stuff, yep. Um, I'm sure Hershey's have got it. Yep. Um, JP Morgan, not too sure about whether they've no, got No, that's that, an interesting um, one, actually. But anyway, paying yeah. technology, but yeah. they've certainly got market share they've locked up. They've got brand up. presence. Yeah, maybe, um, yeah. Uh, another thing, and and this isn't, these won't apply to every single company, but it's, it's a, a majority. A thing called a toll, an exclusive control over a market. So utilities, an example. Yeah, okay. In Australia, it might be, it's probably a bad example, but Telstra, Telstra. or something. Yeah. Because for other phone operators to work, they need to lease lines off Telstra. Yeah. So that's that's a toll kind well, then of then Telstra's so badly managed. But anyway, yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, uh, switching or substitute. Uh, so means that a product has become so central to a company that it's tough to um, tough to leave. It's hard to live without for that customer. You take Coca Cola off the shelf; it's the number one seller in Woolworths. So yeah, it's it's just so entrenched oh, in people's lives. Yeah, take Starbucks out of people's lives. Yeah, probably a similar kind of example. Yeah, Apple. Um, I take mean, Apple yeah, out. people live. No iTunes, no yeah. iPod, iPod, iPhones. Yeah, yeah. You take that yeah. out, so it meets that okay. criteria. That's interesting. Um, and the final one is, is a pricing um, advantage, the ability to to be the low cost provider. Okay. And I think that one, um, I think it, it's a bit outdated, but I think 
it's probably more the ability, not necessarily acting mm. in it. Yep. Because, um, yeah, they've, they've got that margin, um, that, that profitability margin, uh, more so than anything. Okay. They're not, um, they're not price sensitive. Sure. If someone came out and went to, you know, a price war on them, they've got enough margin to go head to head and win them, essentially. Yep. Which most of these companies would have anyway by stint of them being around as long as by they By meeting are. those first level Yeah, criteria. I mean, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, um, you know, iPhone, all of the other competitors. Um, what else should say? Starbucks and everyone else. Yeah, so they've managed to... Uh, to be able to, to, to fend off competition. Well, that's excellent. No, that's 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 very, very interesting. Um, the other thing for me is, and we, again, we sort of spoke about it earlier. Um, really interesting thing about Buffett was he um, didn't take all of the money. So he, he he's, his companies were valued at about 600 million by, let's say by the 80s. Um, and during all that sort of time, up until... Fairly recently, he was only taking a, a salary. Salary was about $50,000 $50, a year <laughs> out of the business. Now, here's a guy that, you know, his companies were worth $600 million and he was taking fifty grand. It does seem a bit odd, but, um, you know, I actually think it, it's quite an important part of his investing because what he was basically saying is, I'm going to have solidity. I'm not going to look for the quick book. I'm going to actually do my homework, analyze the companies and pick the right companies at the right time and obviously be very successful through that. And to me, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a sort of a, a tip, I suppose. It's very easy for us all to get caught in the get rich quick stuff. And it's it's so easy. And we've spoken about it so many times about the emotions of investing. Um, um, you know, investing has to be an unemotional thing. Um, when you're making the investment, obviously you can celebrate when it all goes well after, but but when you're making that investment, you can't let emotions get involved and you can't get the idea that this is going to be this going to be this you know huge blow up company. It's going to be incredible. You're going to make loads of money. You have to kind of get the education right, get your systems right, which he's done um, incredibly well. And and the, the, the growth will follow, I suppose, you know, and he's really is is this sort of the epitome of that because his approach has never been about get rich quick. It's always been about building wealth in companies and then and then seeing that and wealth that, come that's back a to good you. trait for management in general yeah um you know uh, ceo and founder of gopro did that when gopro yep. got hammered and all these yep. um overseas knockoffs come out yep. ceo nick um woodman knocked his salary down to a dollar a year he yeah, didn't right. want to take any more from the company until yep. he could turn it around um zuckerberg's famous for um well fuck, he, he knocked back a billion dollars for his company yeah, I know. Um, I forget yeah. who was it often. Was it Yahoo or Yahoo or Google? Oh, yeah. Was it, Go was it Google, I think? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're building a company, and this is before it listed on the stock market, and yeah. someone comes along and offers you $1 billion, All right. and you say no because you want to keep building something. Again, that's more about legacy than money, and, yeah. and you want to back people that, that Oh, massively. That. I'm with you on that. And Buffett's yep. definitely, yeah. Fits within that, absolutely. I mean, Bill Gates is the same. And the, the, the sort of irony is that these people tend to make their money not so much from the business, but from the investment. So, I mean, Zuckerberg became a billionaire not because of, he was getting a salary that added up to a billion. It was because <laughs> the company was um, floated on the stock exchange and the percentage of shares that he has are worth that. Bill Gates is the same. He's built his money. And again, Buffett really only started um, to make money when he started to sell shares and um, class a shares in in berkshire hathaway in the 90s and that's when the billionaire status then sort of uh was, was solidified so you know 
these guys, that's right, they're not interested in money. They're not interested in a quick book. They, they don't own Lamborghinis. Um, they don't own all these flashy cars. <laughs> Zuckerberg, Gates, Buffett, look how they dress. Like, yeah. I think Zuckerberg it's said he, where he, he has the same T-shirt and thing because he doesn't want to change it because he's, he's not bothered. That's Even not the local about. guys, the founders of Atlassian, those two yeah. um, super blokes, I seen an interview the other night on TV and, and the same thing. Billionaires. Yeah, that's he right. They're the same yeah. white shirt to t-shirt, uh, t-shirt to work every night. Yeah, because he wants to make one less decision that's painful. And and you know and, what? That's the kind of stuff that you know we we can take influence from. And a guy like Warren Buffett has led that way in terms of that thinking and that process. He does it for the pure enjoyment of it. And shit, we should all be doing investing for the pure enjoyment because it's very enjoyable. Um, and also he's not getting caught up in in that world of you know, unfortunately, with a lot of the sort of online gurus, there'll be guys and, and the investment in investment as well. There's name people that that's their shtick. They're trying to sell what they do on the basis that you, the 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 purchaser, will become, you know, a millionaire in, <laughs> in months. And it's honestly most of the time it's bullshit. Um and actually it's damaging because it gets people into the mindset that it's all about super quick returns. There is a way to do that. It's called day trading. We've got courses in it. It's it's awesome. It's great. But a lot of our approach, um, and I think we've been mirrored with with Warren Buffett, is is about um, seeing value in businesses as opposed to just trying and, to make and, a quick yeah, buck. Yeah, day trading stuff like taking a thousand dollars and flipping it into five or ten, and then yep. you know maybe having that holiday essentially for free yep. because you got trading skills. Yeah, our investing stuff is yeah. A lot of people talk about dividend investing. Ours is probably more legacy investing. Yeah, it's just saying I'm going to commit. Thousand dollars every single month. I'm going to get fifteen percent return. Yeah, I'm going to do that right. for the next twenty five years, yep. and I'm going to walk away with ten million dollar portfolio. Big time. It's not. It's not quitting out when it hits a hundred thousand and no, that's know, right. And yeah, going and living a and mediocre kind of life. Yeah, it's um, it's that legacy thing because it's no, something you can do part time, and you that's the beauty still, of it. That's right. You can still do your your day job. Enjoy yep. enjoy that. Enjoy travel. Enjoy your life. Yep. Still build this massive legacy. Yeah. Um, and essentially have other people build it for you. At the end of the day, if you're investing in Microsoft, it's Bill Gates that's taking all the the, the energy and yep. the time and resources to get you a better return. Yep. You can you can do whatever you want while someone else is taking that risk and and yeah, getting you that return. No, definitely. Um, look. Awesome. We're now kind of nearing the end. There's one thing that I love. It's a bit of an anecdote of, which is exactly <laughs> what you've touched on, and it's Coca-Cola. So with Coca-Cola, the CEO of Coca-Cola gets paid, let's say, $10 million a year, right? <laughs> he works probably like in 90 hours a week. He has all this stress and pressure. He's got this board of people that tell him he has to deliver. He has to increase sales. Constant pressure, you know, horrible. Warren Buffett, who, who is an investor, in Coca-Cola earns 10 times that a year, let's say, in but certainly dividends. significantly more in dividends, yeah. um, sits on the board so can make decisions but has absolutely no direct responsibility with how that business is doing, does not um, does not have to work 90 hours a week to earn that paycheck. He can literally just sit there and earn it. So that's a really good lesson that's to correct. mirror exactly what yeah, you're yeah. talking about. And that's that's the beauty of investing. The, the absolute brilliance of investing is it's it's not your energy and time. You're using other people to generate money for you. And there's not many ways in the world besides slavery that you can do that. In <laughs> yeah, all honesty, you yeah, know, that's, that's the reality. It's a legitimate way to get other people to work for you um, without you having to worry about paying people or, or getting up or answering emails. You don't do any of that. 
your money goes into somewhere else. And if you've chosen right, if you follow our strategies that we teach, um, certainly, you know, we, we think they're, 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 they're excellent strategies for investing, really good sort of ways to look at things. Um, you know, if, if you get the education right, um, then, you know, you, 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 the chances are you're going to succeed. And, and as Phil says, if you're adding money in all the time, I think we did a test on compound interest and it was like $50 a week you can have oh, a couple of hundred grand in about 12 years, I think it was, yeah, or 90 it, grand or something like that. It adds up so quickly. You take that aggressive buy more mentality. Yep. You know, yep. Yeah. No, you've got money, put it in the stock market. Yep. Stock market goes down. Yep. Buy more. Yeah, that's You're right. They're on sale. Yeah, no, hey, that's right. I know, that's the <laughs> irony of the GFC. Yeah, yeah that's right. People, people, people worry about things, they get nervous. I had a look at prices the other day and Combank went down to 30 bucks a share. In the GFC, yeah, man, that peaked at like ninety-five two or three years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, your money because right. other people are nervous. That's right. There's always a cycle. Things will always go up <laughs> and down. No, I'm with you um, for sure. Well, look, um, really interesting. I'll, 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 we're going to do more of these because um, it's uh, it's always worth. Look, we, you know, we can talk about the technical stuff all the time, but it's all this stuff as well. It's just really interesting, and hopefully, there's a, you're able to take a bit of inspiration from Warren Buffett. Um, any books worth reading? Uh, on Warren, um, he's um, you know essays by by Warren Buffett. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, there's endless amounts. There's heaps of them. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much anything. That, I that suppose. That one talks about yeah, honest. particularly yeah. um, the shareholder talk from Berkshire Hathaway. Yep. It's a big event every year. Um, you can watch YouTube videos on when he comes out and talks about different companies, yep. why they were successful, why they weren't successful. Yep. Um, so they're always worth watching, um, and then. Yeah, I've only read a few, but I assume most of his books go through that same kind of principle and philosophy yeah. um, of um, of his sort of approach. Yeah, sure. Excellent. Well, look, thank you, as always, for listening. Check us out on CheekyInvestor.com. Check us out on Facebook, Cheeky Investor. Uh, lots of chat, lots of bants. Um, and don't forget, we are running our 10-day Rookie Investor Challenge. Ten, 10 days, we guide you through um, awesome video content and how to basically go from... Uh, 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 not even an investor, so someone who's just looking at investing. Going from zero. Zero to investor, thank you, in 10 days. That's <laughs> what I was looking for, thank you. And that's actually on our on our page. Um, but um, it's such an incredible process, and it's lots of fun. And for anyone that's sort of teetering on the edge of whether they want to invest or not, just watch this content, watch these these videos. You can sign up at, at cheekyinvestor.com forward slash 10-day challenge. 10-day challenge, thank you, Phil. Um, and yeah, we're running that all the time. And then at the end, there's this really awesome webinar that Phil runs where uh, we go through a little bit more detail. And it's just a really powerful way to get people into it. So check that out. Thank you all for listening. Um, comment, review, do whatever you need to do in the podcast. And we shall check, check you out next time.